0: Are you all ready for the Bible? Yes. All right. James chapter 3, verse 17 says this. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, and you know, the wisdom that comes from heaven is God's voice. Amen? It's him speaking to us. But I love this because it's like the sound of his voice is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. There is something about the voice of God that stands Out And is different than my own voice It's different than the voice of the world around me It's different than um, what other people would say to me What society would say to me It's even different than the way that I feel Like we talked about earlier There's something about God's voice That is so good And don't you want to hear and know his voice Let's pray today Father we love you And we just open up our hearts to hear What you have to say We thank you that you speak, and our our trust is in you today, that we would hear what you're saying, that it would fill our hearts and minds. Lord, for those today who have, they just got a lot going on, came in with a lot going on, a lot of life going on. For these moments, Lord, would you just put those things on pause? You have our attention right now. You have our heart and our mind right now. Speak. We're listening. Pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. We love you. We honor you. Jesus, you're our hero. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're in this series um, about hearing God's voice, and this is the third week. And the first week, we kind of laid that foundation of where is the first place that we hear God's voice? That's well, the Bible, right? That's His Word because it's authoritative, it's reliable. Uh, What I love about God's Word is we don't have to wonder what God's like as far as His nature. We don't have to wonder what He thinks about things, because He has taken time to put it in His Word so that we can know about Him and even know Him through His Word. And then when you have the Holy Spirit interacting with you with the Word, it gets just really, really exciting. Last week, we were talking about how We can hear God through thoughts and impressions when the Holy Spirit uh, is giving us those types of things. I talked about several things. One is that's a subjective realm. It's different than the Bible, which is objective. It's subjective in the sense that we've got to judge it. We've got to say, is that the Lord's voice? We talked about how his voice will never contradict his word because his nature, who he is, does not change. He may change how he gets some things done because he's a creative and a powerful God. But he doesn't change his nature in who he is. And I'm really glad about that because he says that he is love, that he is slow to anger and abounding in love. Like, who he is, I love that. And I'm very thankful for who he is. And we also talked last week about how his voice is not a voice of fear, anxiety, drama. Some of us have some of those voices in our own lives. Some of us, we are the voice in our own lives for fear, drama, anxiety. But he doesn't speak to us. In that sense, and uh, we looked at Elijah last week in 1 Kings 19, how he was running in fear. And there's this dramatic kind of God is not going to speak to you in the earthquake or, or through the fire or all of these drama things. But it was the still, small voice. And then we, we just shifted last week and talked about what does that voice sound like? How do can you can tell his still, small voice Versus other things. We talked about how God's voice is smarter than us. And we looked into James. And if, if you missed last week. You can catch it on the podcast. But we talked about how there's a sound to God's voice. That's different than the wisdom of the world. Or even the wisdom of our own heart. And it's at James 3.17. Where it talks about it's peace loving. And considerate. And submissive. And full of mercy. And good fruit. And impartial. And sincere. Like there's, a, there's something different about his voice. And yet. He's typically not a shouter. You know, when we, when we seek God's voice, many times what we're seeking is his wisdom. And I love what it says in Proverbs 4, 5 through 9. It says, it says this about wisdom. And if you think about this in terms of wisdom being his voice or what he is saying, because he is the author of wisdom, it says, Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't forsake wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will give you a garland of grace to your head and present you with a glorious cr- crown. I like this in proverbs because it's like a, there's a personification of wisdom. It's like get wisdom, treasure her like it's so valuable and you know the the wisdom of God when we have it in our lives working is its own reward because of the way that it blesses and prospers you. There's a story in, in the Old Testament. It's uh it's about King Solomon. I want to say it's 1 Kings chapter 3 and um, in this story, the Lord comes to King Solomon and says, "Solomon, what do you want? Ask me for anything." And y'all know, like, if you're reading the story and you're even hearing that, a lot of us go, "Show me the money, right?" Like, or "Show me this," or "Give me that," or you know, that kind of thing. And what does what does Solomon say? He says, "Give me wisdom." And God was so impressed with that request that he could ask the Lord for anything and he asked for wisdom that he actually said, Solomon, just because you asked that, I'm going to give you wisdom. You're going to be the wisest guy who ever walked the face of the earth and I'm going to give you more money. And it was like, he was like, all right. It's kind of cool. You see these stories about Solomon and he, he was so wise. Like the story of two women come to him and they're fighting over whose baby it is. They're both saying, I'm the mama, I'm the mama. And Solomon just looks and he just says, listen, cut the baby in two and give it, and they can both have half. And one of the ladies shouted, no, don't do it. He goes, that's the mom. It's like, that's that's good. That's wise, right? God, God is so smart and his wisdom works for us. And, you know, we are talking last week about, you know, hearing the voice of God, impressions and thoughts and how to judge those appropriately. And I, I do want to say this. God is not like mystical and creepy. Do you hear that this morning? Like, so, you know, you talk about a subject like this and you think, well, it's weird and etherical and mystical and i got to get into a space god ain't creepy he made you a natural person and so you know we want to watch that because god ain't into witchcraft or some weird spiritualism and that kind of thing he's been speaking to his creation for centuries it's very normal for him to speak to us to reveal himself to us um it's not weird and, you know, there, there are times in our lives, though, that when we're seeking the wisdom of God and we're seeking his voice, um, it's not about like a little thing. Sometimes it's about something really big. Sometimes it's like this is going to shape my life or my family's life for a long time to come. And a lot of us are, are starting to realize the older that we get that our decisions aren't just shaping our lives, but they're impacting our children and possibly our grandchildren and all of those kinds of things. And. You know, those, those kinds of things, when you're seeking God for his voice and his wisdom in those areas, those things take a little bit more than, a, okay, Lord, yes, no, give me a binary. oh Okay, that's the way we're going to go for this life-changing, shaping decision. Now, there's a little bit more time, a little bit more interaction. And it's where God begins to use a lot of things together. To then show you what's in his heart. A professor of mine in uh, college used to say. He says you know what God wants his will for you. And for your life more than you want his will for your life. And I think that's just a powerful thought. Like he wants it for me. I find that encouraging. Remember as a young adult going I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss his purpose. I don't want to miss his plan. It was so anxious. And I think the Lord would have been just like dude chill. Like I'm, I want it for you too. Make mistakes. And God goes, you know what? I can plan for mistakes. I'm bigger than your mistakes. Uh, some life-changing decisions. I know Andrew, my, my oldest of the boys, um, had to make a college decision. This time last year, actually. And, um, you know, other than following Jesus, it was the biggest decision he was going to make in his life up to that point, right? Um, and it took months for him to make that decision, thinking about just the process that he went through and you know of course he is a senior in high school he's at this place where now he's making this decision and mom and dad are kind of beginning to back up and go okay bro you're a man you know this is this is something for you to own we're here for you but this is for you to own and I remember, you know, him looking into a, a number of different schools and doing just tons of research online, and he would honor mom, his mom and dad. We would have lots of conversations, and he'd tell us what he was thinking. He did financial analysis. I was so proud of him. It's like He's like, you know, this is what this school will cost me. This is what this school is going to cost and all those kind of things. He looked at the quality of the education and all of those kind of things. He's even looking at, like, the culture of the different schools as he's visiting. Like, what's the feel of the campus? What does the student body look like? Like, what, what – all of these different kinds of things, and all the while he 's just praying, God, you know more than I do this isn 't just about what appeals to me, this is about what you see is best, and you know what what 's your heart now I, I want to be careful because I think sometimes we can be overly intense about these things especially with our young people and young adults like you got to get this right and it's your destiny like darth vader is like luke turn to the dark side you know it's like come on like relax it's a big deal but sometimes we can put pressure on things and just create anxiety that's not necessary really just not necessary i remember along the way i had a dream about one of the schools that he was in, and I shared the dream with him. And he goes, and he's talking to me about it, and he says, what do you think it meant? I said, well, this is the impression I got. And I just kind of gave him the dream. I was like, here you go. He goes, well, do you think that that means I should not go to that school? I said, whoa. I said, that is not, that's not my realm with that right now. I'm just being faithful to share with you the dream that God gave me. I'm not trying to tell you, you need to ask God what he's saying to you about that kind of thing. It's that interesting kind of tension, right? Parent and, and a child who's becoming an adult. And along the way, one of the things that was really impressive was that Andrew learned a lot about himself as he was evaluating the schools. And he's also learning about like what he wanted and learning about what God had put in his heart. Did you know that God puts stuff in your heart? And sometimes you think it's you, but I'll, I'm going to tell you something. If that thing in your heart is tied to wanting to help and to serve people. I'll bet you it's a God desire, because He's wired us to serve and bless other people. So just as a heads up, if that that's where that desire is, you want to use whatever it is to help people, it's probably a God thing He put inside of you. You know, sometimes we just want the answer. Anybody out there? Right? You're just like, ah, oh, give me the answer. I, You know, but I I don't want to tell you, don't despise the process. When I watched Andrew going through that and praying about it and all that kind of things, I remember at one time just saying, listen, I want to encourage you, don't get over anxious about it. He wasn't giving it. I was just like seeing that happen with a lot of people. Don't don't freak out. Just trust him. And if you're feeling a bunch of anxiety, just settle back. Let him speak to you out of peace, not out of fear and anxiety. Don't. I think sometimes we gotta not be in a hurry when God's not in a hurry. Sometimes like we want the answer, especially for us go-getters. Any go-getters out there? You're like, just, just say yes and you're off to the races. And the Lord's like, I can't say yes because you're gonna run too fast and you're gonna smack the door. And there's a pace to the grace. So just let God be God and let the process Bring some things up and some discovery in you. He can teach you so many things along the way. Finally, when it came close to the time to like make the the decision, it was really wild because he he made the decision. He announced it to his mother and Isaac. I'm going to the you Like Andrew, that's great. It's like so. You know what what did it? He goes. He says. Um, he says. Well. God spoke like these four words to me. It was a very simple sentence that meant everything to Andrew and answered all his questions. It was kind of like what we have talked about along the way, and it's his story, so you can ask him about his four simple words. But it was these four simple words, and it was like, I think that's the voice of God, and it ties all the things that I've been doing and all the things I've looked at, and it settles it for me, and it gives me a peace that I think this is what God wants me to do. You know, the, the testimony and all of that is it was settled. He had made his decision. He registers for school and all that kind of stuff. A few weeks later, he gets a letter in the mail. And the letter in the mail reads, Andrew Henning, we're just so pleased that you're going to come to VC, Virginia Commonwealth University. Da, 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 and uh, we are going to, we're removing your such-and-such such scholarship. You're reading this going, what? And we're replacing it with the such-and-such such scholarship, which was double. And Andrew was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that boy was celebrating. That was a good day at our house. But, you know, it's kind of cool is like that came afterwards, after he had committed and after he'd done all those things. And it was kind of like he didn't need that to know that he had made the right decision. But on the backside, he goes, you know what? God knew that was coming, too. And what's cool about when we seek God and we seek his wisdom is he will give us his wisdom and he will give us his leadership and his guidance and those types of things. He will give it. He's not going to withhold it to you. He might not give it to you how you want it. He may not give it when you want it. He may not give it uh, all the details that you want as a, as a person, but he will give you his wisdom. And what's cool is he sees so much more than we see. One of the beautiful parts of the process of asking God to speak and to lead and to give us his wisdom, is that in that, you're actually putting your trust in him. You're putting your faith in him. Because you're saying, God, I, I want what you want, and I want your leadership, and I want your guidance, and I believe that you have, uh, that what you have for me is the right and the best thing. And I even yield my my wants and desires for what you have for me. I remember when I was about... 9 years old and my parents were going to church and they were telling me I needed to get saved and I needed to get saved and I was like I you know I I'm a little concerned about this getting saved thing because if I give my whole life to Jesus I had this image in my mind like what if I end up in Africa in a hut ministering to people and I'm lonely I'm not married and I'm just like this is 9 years old right like what if I give my life to Jesus and I end up there and then Years later, I find myself in Niger, Africa, with Jeremy, standing in front of a hut of a woman who's going, this is my hut. And I'm like, that was my greatest fear right there. (laughs) And I'm good, because I got a plane ticket home. um... (laughs) But you know what I learned about the Lord along the way? Is that when you put your trust and your heart into his life, into his hands, That what he wants for you and what he leads you to do, he puts desires in your heart and want to. And it cooperates well with the way that he designed you. And there's a fulfillment in him that's greater than the fulfillment that I find just in all the natural things that I can do and be because of how God made me. But in that cooperation and yielding and being with him, there's just a a fullness and a beauty to it that's unmatched. But it comes back to, in that process, just trusting him. And when we're seeking him, and we're asking him, we're saying, I want to hear what you're saying, and I trust that what you're going to say is good. I think in making these really big decisions, there's a scripture that comes to my mind that I think is very powerful. It's Proverbs 24, verse 6. In the NIV, it says it this way, Surely you need guidance to wage war. And victory is won through many advisors. I like the old school way of saying it in the New King James, the second part of it. It says, and in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. There is just wisdom in having the right voices in your life. I don't mean weirdly like codependent, like tell me what to do, tell me what to do. I don't mean that. I just mean trusted people who have the wisdom of God and the spirit of God and might have perspectives that you don't have or experience that you don't have and you trust Jesus in them and just because they're saying it doesn't mean that you've got to do it but you want to hear what they're saying and just allow yourself to hear. I think sometimes as adults, we age out of that. We think that we don't need it. I can't find it on YouTube, I don't need it. And the reality is there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. There's something really beautiful that. You know, if God can speak through a donkey, uh, through Balaam's donkey in Numbers 22, he can speak through your friends and your family and trusted people. And he can give you wisdom when it's the right thing to um, allow in. You know, The biggest decision that Elizabeth and I ever made as a couple once we were married was whether or not we were going to move out here to Goochland and whether or not it was a God thing for us to come out here and be pastors at Victory. And she's going to share this portion uh, of the message. Would you welcome, Elizabeth?
1: Morning, y'all. So Mike and I were talking about this message a couple of weeks ago. And I was we were talking about how we decided to come to Victory. It was 15 years ago that we started pastoring here. And um, I was sharing with him what it was like for me to make that decision. He said, I really think that you should share that. So here I am. So good morning. Um, So a little bit of backstory. Joe and Marie Stevenson planted this church victory in 1991. And in the early 2000s, they were getting a little older and they were looking for someone else to take over the church. Well, there was no one else in the church that they that they really had to take it over. And so they knew some friends of ours their names are Dennis and Suzanne Lashney, and they said, Hey, Dennis and Su- Suzanne, why don't you come out here and help us out, and maybe you could come and be the pastors of Victory. And Dennis and Suzanne were really committed to planning a church in Chester, but they said, We will help you. And so they would come out once a month, and uh, one time they were coming out, they invited Mike and me. So Mike and me came out to Goochland from Chesterfield, and we were part of the service, and after church we went to Rocco's, because that was pretty much the only game in town back then. That was about all there was. And uh, we went to lunch, and we're talking about it. And Dennis said to Pastor Joe, how about next time we're supposed to come out to victory, how about you have Mike preach? I mean, what could Joe say? Like, uh, no. Like, So he just said, sure, Mike can preach next time. And so Mike and I were really excited. We had been working in youth ministry Pretty much our whole married lives, but he had never actually preached on a Sunday morning. And so we went out and bought a suit for him because back in the day, you preached in a suit. Now you just preach in your Adidas sneakers and your jeans and you're good to go. (laughs) So we came out the next month and Mike preached the sermon, and I'm sure he did a great job. I don't remember what he talked about, but Joe and Marie were interested in us coming. And being the pastors, and it's cool because some of you here in the room were there at that time. Well, we decided that we were going to go and talk to our pastor about it. So Pastor Steve Stells, and so we're in his office, and we're talking about victory. And we're like, you know, talking about it. We're talking about the pros and the cons, you know. We're in Chesterfield, it's in Goochland, all these different things. And I just said in the meeting, well, that's all well and good, but we need to know What is God saying? And Pastor Steve said, yes, that's true. That is what, that's the thing that's important. We need to know what God is saying. So we decided to pray. So we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and God said nothing. (laughs) Nothing. It was blank. He didn't say, yes, you should do it. He didn't say, no, you shouldn't do it. He just, he didn't speak to me. He didn't speak to Mike, just nothing. And so we thought, well, we can't move forward if we don't hear God telling us to move forward because we didn't want to come and be like maybe and then really hurt the people if they thought that we were going to come and be the pastor. So we let it go and we had peace and we just kept on serving in our church. And Mike was working at Capital One and we were serving in the youth ministry. Well, about a year later, we were meeting with Pastor Steve again. I remember we were sitting on his back deck and he said, do you think that we missed it when we, made that decision about victory and we said no because you know we prayed about it and god did not speak to us and we heard that his son had come a little while after we had decided not to pursue it and we thought that his son was going to maybe take over the church well pastor steve said well his son did come and he decided that it was not for him and he's going to move to north carolina and so we decided to pray about it again so we met with joe and marie And the four of us took two months to pray and to see what God would speak to us. And I was really intimidated about hearing from God. And I had tried to pray before and hear from God, and it hadn't really happened. You know, it's funny because Mike was talking about Andrew making the decision about college and how God spoke to him. Well, I tried to pray when I was deciding what college to go to, and... In my heart, there was a college that I really wanted to go to, but I prayed about it, and I was really trying to get God to show me what to do, and I didn't really hear from him, and so I just went where my two best friends and my boyfriend were going, which (laughs) is kind of how that decision got made. and so we're praying about it, and I just know that God is willing to give you wisdom. There's a verse in James 1.5 that says, if any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So I knew that God wanted to give us wisdom, and I knew that he could show us what to do, and so I just prayed. And I remember we were in our living room, and we were praying, and I had kept asking Mike, like, has God spoken to you? And he would say, I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to hear from God. I was like, okay, fine. So we're in the living room. We're praying, and I remember I was sitting on the couch, and I was praying And don't you know, God spoke to me. And I actually heard in my heart, God said, this is the opportunity. Why would we not do it? And I just knew. I knew it was God. and I knew that we were supposed to come to victory. And it was kind of a breakthrough for me because I felt like I really had heard from God, even though it was not natural for me. And the thing that I want to share with you guys this morning is not to trust in your ability to hear God. This is a quote from Mike's dad, Terry. And again, don't trust in your ability to hear from God. Trust in God's ability to speak to you. Mm-hmm. So if you, like me, are not really sure about hearing the voice of God, maybe it hasn't happened for you a lot, I just want you to trust in God's ability to speak to you because He really wants to give you wisdom. If you have a big decision to make, He really wants to show you which way to go. And so I just encourage you to trust Him. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Elizabeth. You know, I I remember in that process where we were getting close to the end of the two months, and she looks at me and goes, so has God spoke to you? And I could tell it was kind of like one of those, if he has, I'm going to go with what he told you because I trust you. And... I just, in, as conviction in that moment, it was like, you know, no, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna talk to this about this until we both have really heard from God, and it wasn't any intimidation for me to not want to lead my family, uh, because I know that Elizabeth would trust my ability to hear, or that she would follow my leadership, and all that kind of stuff, but it actually came down to the thought. I thought, you know, I don't know how easy or difficult this might end up being, and I think the two of us hearing from God on a decision like this is going to serve our family better so that there will be times where we can look at each other and we can go, I know that this was a God thing. This wasn't an ambition thing. This wasn't a me thing. This was a him thing. And so we waited for that, and it was cool. And honestly, I don't think there's ever been a time in the journey where we actually looked back and went, what the heck did we do? Um, Praise God. But we were prepared for that. Uh, But God has just been so gracious to us in that. And I I think sometimes uh, husbands and wives, um, there are times where we have to make decisions and move forward, but there are a lot of times where we can be patient and come to agreement. And there is such power in agreement. God blesses agreement. He blesses leadership, absolutely, but he blesses agreement. And when we come to places of agreement, you're putting yourself in a place that God can bless. Amen. You know, we're sharing some of these stories about, you know, big decisions to make and, and things like that and trying to create a, uh, a perspective for you of, you know, some things take some time. They take a lot of different inputs and a lot of different time and thoughts and all that kind of stuff. Um, It's a scripture that says many are the thoughts of a man's heart, but the Lord determines his path. Like there's this thing where, yes, we need to think and we need to plan and we need to seek and we need to seek guidance and all of that. And then lay things before the Lord. And, you know, if you're here today and you go, you know what, as I hear that, I'm thinking about some decisions I've made in my life where I didn't trust the Lord, or I didn't seek him, and those kinds of things. And there can even be a grief of that decision or this decision, but I I just... I want to tell you this morning that that dwelling on those kinds of things will not produce fruit in your life. We all make mistakes. Some of us make huge mistakes. All of us have fallen short. All of us have have made decisions that have run from God and those kind of things. Living in that and, and being focused on it is not going to bring you to where God has for you. Because right now... God has a future for you. He has a plan and a purpose. And I'm going to tell you, I say this with all my heart. His ability to lead your life and plan your life and bring a future is greater than any mistake you can ever make. His kingdom is secure. I've read at the end of the book in Revelations. He wins. He's good. His kingdom is going to make it. And you are part of his kingdom. Following Jesus my heart is for you, Jesus, I want your, your, what you want, Jesus, you're going to be okay. And so I think it's important to, that we, we look at that, because we can't look back and live in regret of decisions, but what we can do is just say, God, I just put my, my, my life into your hands. And I think it's important that as we do that, that we don't do it out of anxiety and out of fear, but we do it in trust. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. Isn't that a beautiful thing? The beginning of that scripture is trusting him with your heart. We can get all wound up about, well, should I do this? I'm an analytic. I'm right with you. And maybe this is the right thing. It begins with an attitude of the heart that says, I trust you. And this, then it goes on to lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him. Isn't that beautiful? In other words, I ain't the smartest one in the room, Lord. That's your job. You've given me a mind and you've given me a heart and you want to use the fact that you have given me, but I trust you more than I trust me. I put myself into your hands. I think for some of us, the challenge is when there's ambiguity and you just need a decision and you just need a direction and you just need a way. God is bigger than that. God can work in ambiguity because nothing is confusing for him. And so sometimes we need to back off trying to figure it out and we need to lean harder on the trust and letting him make our path straight. I just want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to trust in what he has in front of you and that it's good and that he will reveal himself to you. That he's not going to hide from you. It's not going to be mystical and weird and creepy. You're not going to have like ghosts visiting you in the middle of the night and creepy stuff like that. But that God will speak to you by his Holy Spirit and through the word and that he will reveal himself. And there's something very pure about when he reveals himself to you. There's something so wise, so much smarter than we are. Where you go, that's smarter than me. That's better than me. I think that's the Lord, and that's his heart.